This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Wasp buys last. See store for details. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of June 25th. I'm your host, William Lou. Um, usually there's a lot to talk about right on the eve of free agency, right after the draft, but this is the Raptors, who did not have a draft pick, uh, were unable to trade into the draft, uh, and, you know, don't have much cap room, so we're probably not going to sign anybody. Um, and so content is going to be a little bit thin, but here to help me stretch it out is my Pound the Rock co-host, uh, Joe Wolfon. What's going on, man? Gotta, gotta plug Pound the Rock very early. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's Pound the Rock, Joe? Uh, Pound the Rock is uh, an NBA podcast, uh, hosted by the score, uh, by the score zone, Will Liu, Joe Wolfon, Joe Cacharo, um, weekly, uh, usually, uh, send it out there on Mondays, and, uh, I don't know, what can I say about it? It's, uh, it's good content, I think. Number one basketball podcast in at least Canada, maybe. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, you know, it's climbing the charts. Yeah, that's and right. um, you know, we're always uh, always trying to get uh, some fresh ears listening in. So uh, yeah, if you're if you're craving NBA content during the dog days of summer, uh, definitely tune in. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll probably not talk too much Raptors because of the aforementioned reasons. But, I mean, we try to talk Raptors as much as possible, um, just based off our fandom. But in this podcast, we are going to look at um, the idea of trading Norman Powell and how that ties to re-signing Fred Van Vliet. Uh, we'll talk about sort of, um, you know, what Nick Nurse is going to do with the team and sort of which players it may or may not benefit. Um, and, you know, we might do a little bit of big picture stuff, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, if the Raptors move one of their two superstars, or not superstars, one of their two stars, like, um, you know, how it affects the Raptors a little bit. But um, before we do any of that, Norman Powell, it's uh, really depressing. I remember we talked on this podcast like about a year ago about how the Nets might come in and, and, and snatch Norm with like a huge qualifying offer and poison pill him or something and uh, you know I, I kind of wish the Nets would swoop in and take our uh, small forward again because the Norman Powell contract is about to kick in the Raptors can still trade him for only the 1.5 million cap hit until July 1st uh, Josh Lewinberg of TSN is reporting that the Raptors are indeed shopping him and testing the market 
Um, Norma's, you know, as every athlete does, posts in- inspirational training messages uh, about how he's on the grind and stuff. But uh, I don't know. Um, Wolfon, if, if would you trade Norm to duck the tax? And if so, sort of what palatable solutions do you have in terms of which team might look to take him on? I mean, I wouldn't trade Norm to duck the tax. Like, it's not my money. Sure. Um, and it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's a little bit frustrating because I, I think that, you know, there's still a chance that he could rebound. Like, we've seen mm-hmm. what he's capable of, and I, I don't think he's as bad as what he showed last year. And, you know, we talked about this off-air, like, a few days ago, about nobody really mentions as a possibility just, like, going into the tax, you know? Like, bring back Fred. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily have to dump Norm for nothing. Uh, Just maybe pay the tax for, like, one year. And then uh, I think a lot of those bigger salaries uh, at the front end of the roster are going to be a lot more movable Mm -hmm. a year from now. Like, I don't, you know, I don't anticipate the Raptors being, like, a, a repeater tax team. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, what's, you know, what's really the harm in paying it for one year? Like, they're a big market team. Um, I, you know, they're definitely uh, on the on the right side of the ledger when it comes to profitability. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I guess my preference would just be to keep him and see if you can uh, rebuild his value a bit. And then mm-hmm. maybe, you know... You're, you're looking at a trade down the road where you're not just salary dumping him, you know, where you're actually able to get an asset in return, or or maybe he's the asset, you know, like you realize you still have a player on your hands. Yeah, I mean, so, like most salary dump situations, like we're talking about um, Damari Carroll, right, where injury limits him to like 30 games, he's not very effective, or like, um, uh, I don't know. Joakim Noah would be like a salary dump guy or something like that, right? Like Omer Ashik. Like these guys can't play because of injuries and also because they just straight up can't play. And usually they're old. Whereas like Norm, Norm is like 25 years old. Um, He's cost controlled throughout his entire prime uh, at a very tradable figure. Um, And, you know, if you can conceivably take him on for free, like there's, there's a real opportunity for teams to do it. It's just... I think the only apprehension is that little deadline thing on July 1st. It's really tricky because I think right. teams will try to hold up um, and keep their cap room open, um, however little they have and however little cap room is on the market. Because you know you never set out in your in your offseason looking to get Norman Powell as your number one target. And so I think like just because of sort of the order of operation there, like teams will try to look to sign a guy first, and if they can't, they'll come back and try to swoop in for Norm, but. At that point, Norm would be more expensive. But I think another thing is, like, I agree with you. Like, the Raptors could just bite the bullet and pay the tax one year. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and plus, you only need to duck the tax by the end of the year. So um, you don't need to do it right now. Like, you could move that contract at the start of the season in, like, December, where that first couple of trades start to happen, or, like, maybe even a trade deadline, you know? Um, right. maybe the Raptors aren't as successful as last year and maybe they're in a bit of more of a sell situation. You could easily sell someone like CJ Miles, which like how many teams would love to add a shooter right before um, the playoff run, right? And so, you know, if that happens, then you almost all of a sudden open up a ton more minutes at the small forward spot and you can sort of turn Norm into a, an asset because I think you and I can agree on this. Like Norm didn't have a role last year or he didn't have one that he can consistently hold down. Um, and if he's going to rebuild his value, then the Raptors need to rebuild a role for him. Yeah, um, I, those are all good points, and, and um, 
again, like, yeah, like maybe, maybe it's a situation where, where you end up trading him or somebody else during the season. Um, I just think like, I, it's hard for me to imagine his value being lower than what it is right now. Um, right. And I mean, for me, it really just starts with his jump shot. Like it, it fell off a cliff last year, right? Like his three point shooting was, I, th- I feel like he was maybe like sub 30%. Mm. Um, whereas kind of up to that point, he'd been, I think like a 36% three point shooter in his first couple of seasons combined. So, right. um, and, and that's like really, really important for him because like what he's best at to me is just like attacking off the catch and attacking closeouts. And if, if nobody's respecting that jump shot and he's not able to knock it down, then, um, it really limits what he's able to do offensively. And then, you know, he ended up in this kind of quicksand where he was thinking too much, trying to do a little bit too much. Um, his finishing around the rim really slipped, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the physical tools are still there. Like, the defensive upside is still there. Uh, and the ability to be an impactful contributor is still there. So, um, look, like, you know, ultimately, it's going to be up to ownership and, and the front office to decide, like, whether they feel like they, they need to move that contract. But uh, for now, I think, I don't know. I just wouldn't want them to rush into uh, making a move that they might later regret. And as far as carving out a role, I mean, I don't know. I, I, like, I don't necessarily see that getting any easier next year because uh, OG is probably going to need more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, CJ is obviously still going to have a role because there's nobody else on the team that does what he does. Right. The bench needs him to be able to shoot. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, DeMar was already down to, what, like 33, 34 minutes last year. So I don't see, you know, if he's back, I don't see his role shrinking, at least as far as his playing time. Maybe, like, his the, the ball's in his hands less right. often. But, um, it's it, look, it's going to be tough for Norm to, to find a role. And, like, he obviously struggled with that last year. But, like, he, it's going to be incumbent on him to just figure it out. Like, a lot of guys bounce in and out of the rotation, and, and Norm was one of those guys for the first two years of his career where he didn't really have an established role, mm-hmm. but he always managed to be ready to play when his number got called. That's why it was and, so perplexing this year when he couldn't latch on to, like, the small opportunities he got because yeah. that's what he used to be great at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was his calling card, right? Like, he he talked about how, you know, his mentality and how he was just, like, always focused on, on being ready, you know, whenever he had to be. And... Um, you know, suddenly he was starting games in the playoffs and, and saving the Raptors' asses, like, uh, and, and for whatever reason, like, it just, he just never got into any kind of a groove this past season, and I don't know, he, there was, like, an interesting comment that he made in that final Open Gym episode about how he thought he maybe, like, worked too hard in the summertime, mm. um, and I think <laughs> that's always the best more... at your job evaluation when you're like, my job's been slipping because I've been working too much overtime. Uh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. boss. <laughs> that's, that's my one weakness. I care too much. But honestly, like, I think maybe he did, like, you know, uh, care a little bit too much. Like, he was so up inside his own head. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the the struggles uh, were as much mental as anything to me. Um, you know, obviously he'd be the guy to ask about that, but I think he would probably admit that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you if the Raptors were to dump that salary, um, which teams do you foresee that could take on someone like that? Because um, I got a couple of candidates here. Um, the Pacers are interesting to me. They're actually one of the rare teams that have a bit of cap room, um, and they're they're not like light on wings necessarily, but like they could use some wings. Um, yeah. You know, Bogdanovich may or may not. 
you know, have his salary guaranteed for next year. It's uh, 10.5 right now, but it's unguaranteed. Um, you know, they're probably going to cut out Jefferson, so that's even more cap room. So they probably will look to go to free agency and try to add somebody, especially now while Victor Oladipo is on a really cheap deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if they strike out and they need a wing to sort of just bolster the rotation, I feel like that could really help them. Um, what are some targets you got in mind? Um, I think maybe like Orlando would be an interesting one just because that's okay. a team that's like clearly rebuilding. Uh, you know, they're probably not anticipating signing an impact free agent anyway. True. Um, and they're pretty light on wings. Like they're stocked with bigs and mm-hmm. would maybe be like, you know, willing to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Raptors would want to take one of the bigs off of their hands necessarily, but, um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, that's a team where they're like, they can afford to take on that contract and not worry about like what it's going to do to their cap space because that cap space isn't doing anything anyway. Do you feel like that's one of those teams where they will ask for a salary back because they're probably trying to use that cap room to recycle contracts? Whereas like a team like Indiana might actually just see the immediate value norm and take that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think obviously like any, any team would try to extract another asset. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, (laughs) that's just, Good negotiating, but um, you know whether they would actually draw a line there or not is kind of hard to say. But I think I, I would I would picture it being a team like that. You know, maybe even the aforementioned Nets, like a team that is sort of trying to slowly build up its floor, um, you know, while not compromising its long term ceiling. So you know, teams that aren't going to be looking to make a huge splash in free agency, um, but that might be looking to buy low on a guy who has you know shown potential in the past. And could turn out to be, like you said, like a you know a good cost controlled asset. Um, yeah. I mean the other the other thing to consider is like if if you're a team like say I don't know like Philly right who's thinking about maybe putting a trade package together, mm-hmm. it, it can sometimes be really helpful to have like those you know like mid level salaries um, to cobble together a package you know to absorb like a max salary that's coming back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, so. and their their cap sheet is really weird where they have a bunch of rookie skill contracts and like bigger deals. Like the only deal that's a little bit bigger is Covington, but he just recently got um, extended, so I, I'm not sure if they can actually move him just quite yet. But right, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's there's enough teams out there that I feel like could use it. Like I can see the Knicks maybe taking him on. Like the Knicks are clearly in a developmental phase. Like again, like you you really have to find a team that sees the value in Norm um, because. It is sort of a bit of a fixer-upper situation, mm-hmm. um, but again, like you know, he's 25 years old. You have him cost-controlled for uh, a great period of his uh, career. The next three years are probably going to be three of his best seasons. Um, and you know, he's shown a lot of potential in the past. He's shown a lot of potential in the past. Um, related to whether or not the Raptors trade Norm and sort of how much they want to, uh, you know, give up or even want to receive in return is um, how much it'll cost to re-sign Fred Van Vliet. Um, Van Vliet is a restricted free agent. The Raptors can match offers. Um, however, obviously they don't want to go too far into it. Um, they've said repeatedly how much they want to re-sign Fred, so I don't really foresee that really going south. But first off, how much do you think uh, Fred will command in free agency? And um, I don't know, do you foresee him ever becoming more than sort of the leader of the bench? Like, could he become a starter? Um, yeah, I think he could. Um, I definitely, you know, I think he showed enough last season, like, considering the kind of trajectory that he seems to be on, you know, despite the fact that he, you know, he's not super young, but like, 
um, if he continues along that track for just like a couple more years, I think he's easily a starting caliber point guard. Um, maybe at like the lower end of the starting spectrum, but like uh, I think he's definitely good enough to be a starter. Um, you know, as far as replacing Kyle Lowry's production down the line, like that, I don't know if I ever foresee him getting that good, but um, I think, yeah, I think he, he was good enough to start right now, frankly, like for a lot of teams in the league. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I think I foresee something like four years, 32 million, something mm-hmm. in that range. Yeah, like, the, uh, yeah the, the mid-level. Yeah, exactly. The Colangelo Classic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, is, is the team out there going to go above that? Maybe. Like, there are – yeah, I, I think there are some teams out there that could use a point guard mm-hmm. um, that might be willing to shell out that kind of cash for uh, for someone with – with Fred's upside, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what the kind of breaking point is or should be for the Raptors front office. Um, like maybe, like maybe four years forty is where they would draw the line. That's just like mm. a wild guess. But I think the I thing know, is, like, like any team, if a team really wanted to take them off the Raptors' hands, they can poison pill the Raptors because. Right. The most that Fred can get paid next year uh, for the first two years is the mid-level, which is about 8.5 right. mil. Afterward, they can sort of backload that deal to sort of scare the Raptors out of it. The one thing is, but, it's not going to be as effective for the Raptors because, or against the Raptors, because the Raptors have so much money coming off the books in two years exactly. that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Like you know, after you know, uh, I guess Demar is a player option, but like you know, he conceivably could opt out, or and then Lowry comes off the books and Serge comes off the books uh, at the same time two years from now. So like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like maybe that just makes it a lot easier for them to swallow that. But but at the same time, like they're gonna have to deal with like extensions for Siakam and Delon, maybe. Um, Those OG, guys they can like, wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Um. Just because. I'm just saying, just because like that, those that like that other money is gonna come off the books doesn't True. necessarily mean that they're gonna be willing to like That's pay true. Norm twenty million dollars in in 2020. You know. Yeah. Um. A couple of teams that I feel Fred, like right. just has a, 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 a like a gut feeling of they might take a shot on Fred. Um, the Phoenix Suns make a lot yeah. of sense. They got a lot mm-hmm. of cap room. Um, they might throw. And they're probably like not gonna. They're probably not gonna resign Alfred Payton, right? No. Um, yeah, there's already a report out there today that well, it wasn't a hard report, but you know, they they didn't really think too much of it when they got him. Um, I feel like they probably want to aim for someone a little bit higher than than Fred because they usually try to look at bigger. Um, he fits so their they timeline. Take big though. swings. He does fit their timeline for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's one option that 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 could be there for Fred. Um, the Magic can make a lot of sense. Their leader in assists last year was Shelvin Mack, which is one of the greatest Twitter graphics ever made. Um, the Orlando Magic made a congratulations Shelvin Mack for leading the team in assists. With like 4.5 per game, that is, that is uh, honestly, I, even as the Raptors, we've never been that pathetic. We at least had Jose Calder on averaging eight and stuff. Um, yeah, so I could see, I could see them doing it. I could see maybe the Knicks doing it. Their point guard position is probably the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington has no money at all because they've given uh, John Wall like 50 million dollars a year. Um, it hasn't kicked in yet, but. Um, yeah, I mean they've also got Mahimni and Gortat on the on the roster and stuff, and 
But I mean, like they could release a backup point guard, and they saw what Fred did to them, especially in that uh, game six. So um, you know that's an option too. But I mean, like, look, if you're looking for a young backup point guard who you know can come in and do uh, a lot of things for you um, with a little bit of upside as well, like a great locker room guy as well, like Fred should have a solid market. I mean, but I, I think like a three, uh, a four year, thirty two. Um, with like the last year being a player option makes a lot of sense for everybody, yeah. and I, I think if that's the price, I think the Raptors are they're happy to pay that. Yeah, I definitely think so too. I mean, those those teams you threw out there are definitely you know viable uh, you know potential suitors, and yeah, who knows? I mean, the Magic have certainly uh, gone above and beyond to poach Raptors players in the past. So and exactly, never, yeah, that's right. You know, you got Weltman in the front office there. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't hire uh, Dwayne Casey. <laughs> yeah, I made too much that was sense. a bit surprising. Um, but yeah, no, I could definitely see, you know, the Suns are really interesting too because they're starting to build up a, a nice cachet of young assets. And like, um, I don't know, man, I think he, he could be a good fit there. Like, he, I feel like that's a team that's really looking to like, uh, like overhaul their culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's a guy who I feel like could fit that bill, you know, who'd like come in and just like, be like super hard nosed, super uh, professional, right? Um, and just kind of like like up the uh, the give a shit meter in Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, look, DeAndre Aiden has already said that um, him and Devin Booker is Kobe and Shaq. So maybe Fred can come in and be uh, a weird Derek uh, Fisher. Derek Fisher, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Not a bad comp. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, hopefully, I think the Suns will try to aim a little bit higher. Um, cause I think they want a long-term starter instead, but yeah, I mean, if they, if they strike out and stuff. Who but who could they go after? Like, that's, I mean, that's the thing. If they want to build their team this summer, then I don't know. But like their general manager got an extension. Um, it seems like Devin Booker really likes them. Devin Booker is sort of pretty much controlling the franchise. Uh, and so I don't know who, I, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, yeah, I just don't know, like, who, I, I don't know who's out there that's, like, young and, you know, markedly better than Fred, who they would realistically want to chase instead. Mm. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. You're making me nervous. I'm trying to make myself nervous by talking about this. Don't take Fred from us. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, man. It's not like geez. they had him before. Yeah. Wow, this is a, wow, it's a bad list. Dante right? Exum. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, there's. I don't oh, know. you know, you, you know, you just know they're gonna fuck around and end up with Tony Parker. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's gonna end up veteran presence in there. Yo, this God. list of point guards is sad. Wow, that's what I'm saying. So that's that's sort of what worries me because you know, yeah. And if they don't like, want Payton, Payton is third on this list, man. It's Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, Alfred Payton, Rajon Rondo, Fred, Shabazz Napier, Tony Parker, Dante Exum, Derek Rose, Yogi Ferrell. Yeah. Holy crap. All right, maybe uh, they'll trade for a guy. Who knows? Maybe they trade. No, trade for Kemba. Kemba, yeah, Kemba makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 He does. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think they would probably prefer, well, maybe not prefer. I mean, it depends on, on kind of what the Hornets would, would want in that deal. But, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how much they prize, like, Dragon Bender at this point in time or how much the Hornets would want him. But, True. like. Uh, I feel like if I was Phoenix, I would probably rather just like try and sign Fred and, and hold on to those assets for 
Because, like, you don't, like, Kemba might split in a year, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, if that's uh, the, the swing for the fences move you want to make at this point in time. Like, they're not close enough to contending yet to make a move like that, I don't think. Good thing you're not running the, the Suns because <laughs> I, I really like the Suns as one of the teams that still don't operate with common sense. Um, last thing before we go to break and take Twitter questions is um, Nick Nurse. I, I, I don't think we've talked too much about how Nick Nurse is going to affect the current players on the roster. Um, Nick Nurse recently appeared on the Raptors YouTube page um, in an interview where he looked quite sun-kissed. Um, and what I mean is that he looked like the inside of a grapefruit. Uh, very, very pink. <laughs> um, but he was out there in L.A. meeting with guys like DeLon, Siakam, um, Damar as well. He's already spoken with JV. He's spoken with uh, Kyle Lowry. And I don't know. It seems like it's a pretty popular hire um, within the team. Um, but, I mean, we'll see truly when he starts putting lineups out there. Um what do you think? Who do you think? Who are like the three players that are going to be benefited most, and like the three players going to be benefited the least? Um, I think JV is like the obvious answer. <laughs> like he he's already kind of come out and said like he thinks that the move is going to be really good for him. Um, him and Nurse have worked together for a long time. They have a good relationship, and and Nurse has basically talked about you know how he thinks JV can expand his game and wants to use him more and use him differently. So. Um, yeah, I mean, JV, who came out and said last year that uh, his life was changed because of the, the new offense that Nick Nurse helped install. Um, so I think for him, yeah, maybe you see him used a little bit more offensively. Um, defensively, I don't know. I don't know if they change anything up uh, with the scheme that they were running. They're basically, I mean, they were running that pick-and-roll defense but because of Jonas. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that they'll probably keep that in place for the most part. Right. Um but offensively, yeah, maybe you see him involved more. Uh, I mean, his usage rate this year, I think, was the highest of his career, as it was. Um, but uh, I would I would love to see him, like, continue to uh, expand his game and, like, uh, be used as a facilitator a little bit more because I think he actually showed some pretty decent passing chops mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he was pretty effective, like, operating from the elbow, um, you know, running dribble handoffs or fake dribble handoffs. Yep. Uh, that led to driving dunks. Um, Man, that you know, Milwaukee game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we Ooh. all remember that. But, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was able to do that a few times. Um, uh-huh. And, I mean, look, the guy is a, a fantastic screen setter. Um, he's a really good finisher on the roll. So mm-hmm. uh, continuing to kind of uh, make that a focus of the offense is definitely not going to be a bad thing. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, JV posted career numbers across the board despite – um, averaging the fewest minutes of his career. I think he had his best year. Um, best year in terms of field goal percentage, trick shooting percentage, obviously three-point percentage went up because he started taking that summer three. Overall rebounding was down like, in terms of the raw numbers, but in terms of the rebounding percentage, the highest percentage of his career, uh, the assist rate, 7.5%, is higher than any previous season where he never surpassed 5%. Um, and, you know... Yeah, I think I think JV really found like the best role for himself last year, and that was mm-hmm. under Nurse. And I think Nurse has also talked about how they might change their schemes according to the person on the floor, which um, sounds really obvious, but sort of hasn't really been done a lot more um, mm-hmm. in the past. Whereas they sort of just taken like a this is what we do throughout the year, 
uh, and kept that inflexible. Whereas other coaches, like if you look at Stevens, like he he shuffled throughout the year his front court. Like against teams that have front court like big post players, they will, he would start Aaron Baines. He would shut, you know slide his guys down. And against smaller players, he would start with Al Horford, and like he did that same kind of shuffling in the playoffs, and it kind of worked. They had two different starting lineup looks in the front court, and the Raptors consistently only had one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, if there's a little bit more sort of flexibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Casey became super, super flexible with his lineups over yeah, his true. tenure, but um, but with scheme, I think you're right. You know, like the scheme wasn't always flexible from I don't know game to game or even quarter to quarter. Bro, we um, watched the whole season of JV doing the high wall. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least at least we weren't doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly, uh, misbegotten, uh, that, like, having JV come out and, like, try and show high, um, on those side pick and rolls. It was just like, man. Was that 2014-15? Yeah, that was a disastrous year. All around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he'll, he'll be a beneficiary. Um, I feel like OG probably as well. Um, sure. just because, uh, I mean, Nurse has talked about how he, is, you know, not so much into, like, structured sets, but is, like, likes a little bit more of, like, a free-flowing offense, a little bit more open court. Mm. And, uh, he says that, but un- like, until he actually has to coach them out of road, then it's going to be a different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see how uh, that goes. I mean, maybe maybe DeMar, in a weird way, is a beneficiary, even though it seems like he was the guy who might, you know, lose touches as a result. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be good for him. Maybe, you know, maybe this is the year that he learns to be a threat off the ball. And so he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much. Maybe. I mean, that's what has to happen, right? Like, yeah, yeah, as long sure. as he's... That's the next step in this game. That yeah. and defense. Please, just yeah. play defense. Like, it... Which of those things would you rather happen? Defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I can already live. He's already a good offensive player. How he goes about it, it might not be necessarily the most efficient, but he's already got the passing now. He can get a bucket. It's not the most efficient bucket, but he can get a bucket. The one thing I can't, I just can't stand it, I, and it's inexplicable. It's just like, bro, why can't you defend? Like, please, just give a, half a shit out there so that yeah. it's not – because it's it's super weird because then Kyle Lowry is, like, going extra hard on defense right. and taking charges, whereas DeMar like, probably taking, like, five charges in his career. But also maybe those two things go hand in hand, right? Like maybe if he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much offensively, he's got a little more energy. Uh, well, that's what we thought this defense. year. And yeah, but he was still like he was still soaking up like a ton of time on ball. Um, like you know, a lot of possessions were being funneled through him. So, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think OG is a guy who like really mm-hmm. like uh, what we want to see from him is for him to develop his playmaking skills. Right. And. Um, you know, I think obviously the hope is that Nurse is the guy who can help him get there, put him in a position to succeed and and challenge him. Um, you know, to to be more of a facilitator, like to maybe run some pick and rolls. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes uh, and like you know what what kind of shape his game takes in year two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you have a, a third one? Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't really know. I feel like Pirtle will play a lot more. I feel like um, in a in a Nick Nurse system, based on sort of what we saw last year, um, they really need the centers to make quick decisions in four and three situations. Mm-hmm. And Pirtle is probably the best passer in that situation. Maybe Bebe is a little bit better, but then Bebe doesn't look to attack the rim, so he's not as overall as effective on offense. 
Right. But yeah, I could really see Portal doing that. And if they switch a little bit more to, I feel like Portal fits that system well as well. So I, I just, I'm looking forward to uh, to like liking Yaka Proto again because in the playoffs he was like completely just uh, I know man rookie yeah. Amir Johnson level of fouling, um, but yeah I mean I feel like it could help the the centers a lot. I mean look it it just seems like the front court's gonna be touching the ball more right and you know there's a number of guys that you can conceivably see taking steps because. Um, we saw DeLon take a couple of steps last year. He came in a much better shooter, finished the year shooting 37%. Um, Siakam obviously improved tremendously as a ball handler. So what's the next step there for him? Like, there's a, a lot of guys on the roster that can improve. I, I feel like the only issues in terms of this offense is that, like, maybe you'll see a lot less of Surge and DeMar. Yeah. Um, and again, in the case of Surge, like, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Serge, like, look, again, obviously I think uh, if we're talking about salary dumping, he's probably the guy who every Raptors fan would say that they want to the salary dump, like, you know, ahead of Norm even. Um, mm-hmm. Because Norm, at least, like, you know, you feel you still feel like he has room to grow and, and stuff to offer you that you haven't seen yet. Whereas, like, Serge, I feel like at this point you know what you're getting. You know, and like you know, once one in every six games, like he'll he'll look like his younger self, and he'll be super spry and energetic and blocking shots and active on the glass and like knocking down threes. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, it's just going to be like maddening how how inconsistent he is from one possession to the next. And yeah. like, I don't know, man. He just he just looks so slow. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I, we we obviously don't have to get into uh, the age thing. Like I yeah. think. You know, it's like it's been. He came out and like you know made a pretty strong statement about that. Which mm-hmm. uh, Yo, regardless of what age like, he is, it's effective yeah. age. Effective age, he looks thirty-five. Yeah, like he, <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like I don't know. A guy who is twenty-eight years old should not be showing the kind of signs of uh, of wear and tear the way that he is. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know, man. It's worrisome. Like I, I don't. I, I think he'll probably play less next year um but i i do still think he can be like a really useful player uh i just because yeah, like if you look at the overall numbers and again this is not what everyone looks at in terms of how people value it. they obviously have more sophisticated tools on this but like you know 12.6 points 6.3 rebounds 1.3 blocks shooting 36 percent from deep um shooting 56 percent on two pointers that's not bad that's like an average power forward. Yeah, well, yes, we're paying him a lot more than an average power forward, but I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be tough selling him. I'm, I tried selling it, and it's just it's not gonna work. It's I want that one. No, I mean I think they're gonna just have to again bite the bullet and like you know they'll have him for the life of his contract. So you know what's what's the best way to use him? And yeah, look, I don't think you know the, I don't think the Raptors coaching staff is one that's gonna be like, well, we're paying this guy twenty two million dollars, like he's got to play, you know. 30 minutes a game, um, I think they'll play him as much as they feel like he needs to play. True. Um, he's, probably, he's got his money already. Exactly. Yeah, he's got his money, and I think, you know, probably Siakam's going to take a lot of his minutes this year, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a good thing. But, you know, to look, if, if like Pascal's starting by the end of the year and Serge is coming off the bench, like, that's not a bad bet, like, bench big, you know? No, it's, it's definitely not. Okay, um, we're going to take a quick break right here. 
and we're going to come back with Twitter questions. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket, Goldfinger, Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Uh, people are very, very uh, interested in asking questions to the podcast, which I really appreciate. Uh, we are running a little bit short on time, though, so we might have to skip a couple of these, um, such as this one about uh, between Raleigh, Alkins, Giddy Potts, Rousey, who has the best chance of taking someone's spot in the current roster? Bro, those aren't on. real people. Those aren't real people. <laughs> that has to be like 1950s baseball players, man. Raleigh, Alkins? <laughs> Come on, that's a, that's a Reds third baseman. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's 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 why Blake is there. Right? Blake is here to write like ten thousand words on all these guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see in summer league, and there'll be reaction podcasts in summer league, and uh, I'll feel bad about it. But I think you know that's when we'll find out. Uh, next one from Vincent, though. What are some realistic role changes we can see next year? He says mostly um, he thinks Siakam and Delon. Which we yeah. just mentioned about Siakam. Yeah, I mean, I think whether or not Siakam does like end up taking the starting spot, um, I do think he'll like be functionally a starter in that he'll be he'll be playing the most minutes out of all the power forwards on the team. Um, so maybe they want to keep him on the bench because they like that bench unit um, and want to keep it together. But I, I anticipate him like playing more than Serge next year. Um, Delon. I don't know. I, I mean, like, assuming like Lowry and DeRozan are still there, like, what is? How does Delon get like get a bigger role? Do you think he just like plays the three more? Like they they run those three guard lineups a little bit more often? Um, they might, but yeah, I, I I think it depends. Like, I think this will be way easier to answer after the summer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, come back to us, Vincent. This podcast will be weekly, so just keep asking that question. Um, well, don't keep asking it, but ask it after a, a role change or a, a change in the roster. One thing I would like to see more of, I think, is like OG at the four. Yes, um, me too. I feel like we didn't see that much at all, um, and I feel like he could be really effective in that role. So We saw it in that Game 3 comeback. Yeah, and he was awesome. 20 points. No hesitation on that three to tie it to, man. Yeah. God damn. Oh, man. That was incredible. Uh, the Cavs were playing such bad defense. And OG was like, yeah, you going to do this to me? No problem. <laughs> Bang. In your eye. Uh, next one from Jamal. I feel a real decline about to happen with the fan base. Are you sensing this at all? And Jamal, I think that's very astute. I think that's very astute because you know, people are not going to buy into this shit again. It's not even that this thing is shit. It's just perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why you see Raptors fans kind of angling for a DeRozan or a Lowry trade. Even though, like, I feel like probably a lot of them, if they sat down and thought about it for a while, could realize that, like, that's not necessarily a good thing and, and they don't actually want the team to, like, take a step back because, uh, we've been through the dark days and, you know, I don't want to go back to that. Um, yeah. but I feel like there's just this kind of push for change because, it's tough to get yourself psyched up about watching, you know, basically the same core yeah. do this again. And, like, you know, I don't know. We talked all throughout last year about how the team didn't really get any respect, even through, even that was rolling through the regular season. It was, like, the, you know, the best team in the East from start to finish, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you think it's going to be like next year? Like, how many games are they going to have to win for anybody to have any faith that they can actually, like, do damage in the playoffs? Like, if they go... 
if mm. they win like 65 games, like is anybody going to be like any any higher on their chances of coming out of the East? If LeBron's still there, no, no one's going to play the Raptors. And like I don't know, I was already kind of past that point this year, so um, I'm not the best person to ask. But yeah, I think there's not going to be the same like bandwagon push, and it's not to like. Yeah, you know, fans man. as one or like, two. But yeah, exactly. It's a hard sell because I think even bandwagon fans that are a little bit more casual about it, like hardcore fans are always going to watch and the Raptors are always going to have tons of hardcore fans. Um, but like the bandwagon fans, like it's going to be a little bit tougher to sell them because like, y- y- I don't know. It's the same situation uh, year after year. So yeah. I think they'll sort of adjust accordingly. But I, the, the upside is maybe uh, as fans will get cheaper tickets. So <laughs> I wouldn't count on that. No. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Next one. Um, Brandon Kelly asks, what should we want to see out of OG at Summer League? Point um, forward? OG? <laughs> Jalen yeah. Brown type leap? For sure, man. That's uh, Yeah, Summer League would be the time to uh, get experimental and get weird, right? Mm. Especially if um, Nick Nurse is coaching the team. Yeah, that's right. That's So that's kind of like what who, – who's coaching the Summer League team, by the way? Still not clear. Yeah. Uh, it should just be um, Nick Nurse, bro. Come go out there, get some sunscreen for yourself, and just like do that. Because if he doesn't get sunscreen, I feel like he might. I gotta watch this clip, man. How sunburned was he? I'm telling you, he looked like the inside of. Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a pic. But yeah, um, it, it was not the best. But yeah, just kind of like what we were saying before about OG and like you know where he needs to grow. Like uh, yeah, I would I would love to see him spending some more time with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I think obviously they want him to be more than just a catch and shoot guy. Um, or like a, you know, a straight line driver off the catch. Like he's, he's got a lot of room to grow in, in the kind of like his in between game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his handle, his passing, like he, he's, he's definitely shown some passing skill. Um, I just think he's, he's got to like get more comfortable sort of initiating the offense. Um, True. so yeah, I'd like to see that. Like, yeah, point forward, man. Like let him like grab and go, you know, yeah. run the break kind of like Pascal. For sure. Yeah, I, I, if he lo- if he took a Pascal level leap in, sec- in year two, it'd be great. Um, also, I, I sent you the picture. It's, it's in your DMs, but uh, okay, he's he's burned, man. He's burned, but he looks good. He he, he took off the glasses and stuff. It's it's not bad. He shaved the goatee, which is uh, you know always a good decision. Real helpful, real helpful. Yeah. Uh, next one from Graham. Uh, I feels like the Raptors need a Scola type of player, a veteran <laughs> sage. Are you <laughs> seeing the picture? <laughs> I'm seeing the picture, but also responding to that question. Akil uh, is looking at him like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> um, oh, but, um, yeah, so Graham asks, yeah, I feel the Raptors need a, a Scola type player. Um, not really to play, but just more for guidance as much as, uh, Larry DeRozan or veterans feels like they need some mentoring if they're back next year. Yeah, I agree. This happens all the time. Go get Vince Carter. I mean, not Vince Carter, it'd be too much of a sideshow, but like, you know, get, Somebody, there's, there's got to be somebody out there. Good quote yeah. as well. Helps the media, you know. Because man, I, w- I wouldn't complain if it was Vince. No, I wouldn't complain either. It would just be like, I don't know. It'll get tired like if ten minutes into the thing, it'll be like, all right, cool, Vince is here again. Yeah, but I mean, you said you said he was going to play only one more season, right? Yeah. Um, so come here, come so, to Toronto. Yeah, Set up your next career move, man. In Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks like Vince Carter um, wants to go on the jump. He wants to make the jump to the jump. He yeah. should. I feel like he's pretty. He's pretty good on air. He is. It's a really nice guy. He can uh, you know go and kick it with T Mac again? Sure. Why not? Reminisce, uh, you know, a lot. Yeah. About uh, 
what was and what might have been. Hey, man. The Raptors were competent. We, we would have had them together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, we'll, I'm sure... I mean, we'll, we got to see in terms of roster spots. Um, the Raptors have actually made pretty good use of the roster over the years. Um, minus the Bruno like slot, they've generally had pretty good production, even from cheap guys like Bebe. But, um, yeah, I think when Scola was here, it really did help, especially for Lowry. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Lowry had his best year in the year Scola was here. Um, yeah, I mean, those guys talked about how valuable he was in the locker room. And obviously it was frustrating toward the end of that year because he continued to start despite not being very good. Mm. Um, but yeah, to hear, to hear those guys talk about, you know, what that, what that team was like and what that locker room culture was like and how big a part he played in it, it kind of, uh, made you forgive, <laughs> forgive the playing time that he, uh, that he got. Um, I mean, I'm not, honestly, it was like we were, we were itching for Patterson to start over him, which like seems quaint in retrospect. <laughs> like it was fucking Pat Patterson. Mm. All right, let's let's rapid fire through a couple of these. All right, real quick, yeah. make or miss. Shout out to Pound the Rock, I'll, and also Dwayne Casey. Um, <laughs> is it safe to change the expectations with Nurse running the team? Um, pff, no. change the expectations as far as like what the team might look like, how they might uh, operate, and sort of like what their offensive and defensive principles might be. But in terms of final product, the big picture outcome, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Kawhi to the Raptors? Can it happen? Should it happen? Should it happen? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Please, it should happen. <laughs> the universe should let it happen. Can it happen? Nah. You don't think so? What are we trading, man? I mean, OG. Like, probably pretty Why? good place to start. We're trading OG for a one-year rental of Kawhi when we know he wants to go to L.A.? I'm just saying, you're asking... Toronto was nothing it, like you're, L.A. You're asking, it, you're asking if it can happen. Okay. So, I mean, if... if you know, if you're sending up Demar, OG, and like Pirtle, I don't know. It's maybe like a future pick as well. That's so much. You're yeah, gutting your team for one year of Kawhi. Yeah, nah. Um, someone put in a trade proposal. Let me see what this is. West Matthews and Nerlens Noel for Serge and Yaka Pirtle. Um, Nerlens Noel's nah, a free agent. Nah. I don't think you you, you can even trade him there. <laughs> I'd also just like rather like out of all those guys, Pirtle's the one guy that I would want to have. I think so. Yeah. Like what? I think the Raptors would be like trading the best asset in that trade. So. Nah. Um. This other one is JV for Tyson Chandler and Troy Daniels. Bro, come on! I don't like, even like. Why? I don't even like. I don't even fuck with JV like that, and I still think that's disgusting. Bro, what are you yeah, doing? <laughs> all right, we should just skip that. Next one, Brad Warner. Should we tank for Bronny in five years? Sure, like it's best. I mean, that's probably the best chance that they'll ever have of getting LeBron to play for the Raptors. So that's true. That's true. We're gonna have our repeat of Hakeem, um, Hakeem <laughs> the Nightmare. Um, this guy like LeBron's like, busted ass at like age forty. He's gonna go for the max too. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Um, Chris Chisholm asks, "Can can't we go to Delon and Fred and move Larry?" Uh, I mean, they can. Uh, I just don't think that that would be very smart. I mean, it obviously depends what you would be getting back in a trade, but, like, mm. given... Like, I don't get the sense of Kyle Lowry's value, like, on, on the contract that he's currently on is particularly high. Yeah, especially league, so. since last year when he was a free agent, nobody wanted him. Yeah. And the Raptors kind of bailed him out. Yeah, I mean, they kind of bid against themselves for him, right? Like I think they, they're just trying to do him a solid. I think that's... Yeah, they, they gave him a contract that they felt that he had earned. Um, yeah. And I don't think anyone else was coming close to matching it. No. 
So, I mean, I don't know. You can say that's bad business, but uh, hey, man, maybe the sun is. There's, you know, there's there's value, I think, in that, in, in just sort of, um, you know, as far as organizational equity goes, um, I think that that stuff matters, you know, True. for the sake of optics, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, look, I, I think people don't really understand or appreciate, I don't think, how, how good and how important Kyle Lowry is to yep. the team. And, like, yeah, they have a pretty decent sort of, you know, plan B as far as, you know, having DeLon ready to go and, and Fred, you know, like we were saying before, probably being good enough to be a starter, but like neither of those guys is anywhere close to as good as Lowry. So what, what are you aiming to accomplish with that trade? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get a good return for Lowry, absolutely. Right. It's yeah. like that for anybody on the roster though, right? If someone comes and comes to you and blows you away with a deal, it doesn't even blow you away. If a deal just makes sense, go ahead and move it, right? Like Raptors are kind of, in the spot where if the right deal comes along, they should try to make a move, and they're not married to one exact idea or the other. Yeah, but well, like, I mean, why is everyone in a rush to trade like basic best player on a team that just won fifty nine games? You know. Yeah, especially since the other guy is a little bit easier to move. Yeah. Uh, should we keep it together if Bron moves west? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, they're probably going to keep it together regardless. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's not. That's not like going to be a cakewalk. I mean, Boston's going to be really good next year. Um, even if they don't make any moves this summer, which they very well, very well could. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they could have Kawhi next year. Or Philly could. I mean, both those teams are going to be pretty scary, I think. Um, but yeah, that, like I would I would like the Raptors' chances of coming out of the East if LeBron wasn't there. True. Yeah. Uh, why didn't the Raptors buy into the second round? Bro, Costas was right there. I was heartbroken. You saw me. We were in the same room, man. I let yeah, Agatoro know when Mark Tatum strolled up to the stand with his uh, with his giant grin, shit-eating grin, and says, With the 60th pick, the Philadelphia 76ers, on behalf of the Dallas Mavericks, select Costas at Denikumbo. And I was like, um, that yeah, was heartbreaking. I mean, 60th pick, man. Whatever, like he's not going to be any good, and like there's no real indication that like Giannis is actually going to factor that into his decision. What do you mean? <laughs> if we just treat him well for five years or for three years, and he lives at Masai's house and is fed <laughs> really well, he has fufu and jollof rice every single day, made you know in house. Like he's not going to tell Giannis, "Hey, bro, you should come here." Like they have great everything. You get out of Milwaukee. Um, you know they don't have fufu in Milwaukee. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Uh, I think. Look, by the time Giannis is a free agent, maybe maybe Costas is back on the market, and uh, sure. yeah, we could do that again. Sometime. We can get them both. Um, yeah. Also, nobody bought any picks. It's weird. It's a really yeah, weird I draft. Probably, if the Raptors, like if other teams bought a bunch of picks and the Raptors are just chilling, I would have been a little bit more mad. But it seemed right. like for some reason everybody was, was selling really, picks. Nobody. It was weird. Because yeah, look at look look the Bulls got lambasted for. <laughs> for selling their second rounder last year. Yeah. And again, like Jordan Bell turned out to be a pretty good player. So yeah, he was good like, in the finals. Uh, yeah. And I don't think uh I think that probably had a, a chilling effect on on those second rounders and, and teams' willingness to sell them. Um, mm-hmm. I think teams are generally just valuing draft picks now a lot more than they ever have. So yeah. especially like like for the next couple of years, um, while those you know those 2017 deals are still on all these teams' books and, and cap room is super tight, 
those draft picks are just that much more valuable. Mm. You know, maybe when uh, when those contracts do start to come off the books and teams finally like have cap space again, then maybe they'll be like more willing to to sell those picks because you know they won't they won't need cheap production that badly. Sure. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Okay. Two more. Is Leandro Ball worth a summer league look? No. No. I mean, that does fit, bro. Uh, next one, then last one, from G-Rex, Kalamian. Uh, is it fair to say that the Raptors aren't going to be doing anything big in free agency? I think that is safe to say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, It's I not a very exciting, like, it's not going to be an exciting summer, I don't think. No. It's really no. not shaping up that way. Yeah, which is, uh, you know. That's why, you know, I understand there being some angst because mm-hmm. you just got swept out of the playoffs in, like, humiliating fashion. Second you know, straight year. Ending the, the best season in franchise history, like, totally unceremoniously. Mm. Um, so to go from that to, like, a totally boring summer where everything basically stays the same, like, I understand why that would be frustrating for yeah. people. But I just don't know. Like, if there is a smart move to be made, then, yeah, by all means. But, like... I don't, I'm not a fan of them like blowing it up just for the sake of doing it or trading one of their blue chippers just for the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. Stay the course, man. Like, they're, they're could still, be worse. Really, we could they're be still the a really good team. Yeah. Yeah, we still have young guys. Look, listen, the Raptors still are still playing the East. Yeah, exactly. Look, the Raptors are never going to excite you in the playoffs or in the offseason. But between like November to <laughs> April, not April, March, bro. You're gonna get very excited every night. You're gonna be like, "Whoa, Pascal Siakam can uh, add a crossover to his game," or like, "Whoa, Delon Wright is suddenly jacking threes like crazy," yeah. or like, "Whoa, JV can pass the ball out of the high post," or they're even giving him the ball in the high post. Like, that's what's gonna get you hype. All right, just, don't just wait, just wait. You know on the it, excitement, bro. Raptors fans. Just, just wait. <laughs> JV working out of the high post. Oh, that's yeah. honestly what people are trying to sell. Anyway, we're out of time. Uh, Wolfon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, as always, follow Wolfon on Twitter at Joey underscore W. Uh, and also listen to Pound the Rock. We'll have an episode tomorrow, um, which, uh, Wolfon and I probably have to discuss along with Cash in terms of topics. But, uh, yeah, listen to that in the, in the offseason. Listen to the Raptors Weekly Podcast. Uh, and thank you to everyone for ardently supporting the show in the summertime. It's, uh, really appreciated. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. 
Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance.